Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. I'm Kylie Camps and welcome to the podcast. This space is dedicated entirely to making a difference in the lives of women. I believe we all have a right and a responsibility to truly live our best lives. It all begins with curiosity, changing our thinking and cultivating more self-love. Through thoughtful conversations and shared experiences, I really hope that you can take something away from this podcast. I'm a business owner, a speaker, a sleep consultant and mum of twin boys. I've also recently completed some training in the cognitive behavioural therapy space and I'm super, super passionate about the ability that we all have to really improve our days. And ultimately, when we take ownership of improving our days, we're really improving our whole life. So let's get stuck into today's episode. Welcome to today's episode. This podcast is a conversation with Ash Lane. Ash is an evidence-based fat loss coach who is qualified in nutrition and personal training. She's on a mission to help women understand their bodies, their mindset, and how to achieve goals whilst enjoying the journey. I know it might sound too good to be true, but let her explain. I really, really enjoyed speaking with Ash, and this is the second time she's been on the podcast. One of the things that I like about Ash, there are many, but one of the things that I like in particular is that she takes quite a logical look at something that is often really emotional for us as women, and that thing is reaching goals and I guess there are times in our life where we might realize, okay, we want to take a little bit of control back with our life and perhaps change our shape for whatever reason. Perhaps it's a health goal or to reach a certain goal in the gym, whatever it is. There are times when you either may want to gain weight or you may want to lose weight. And Ash is really, really lit up by helping women to understand the things that you can do that are going to make this journey enjoyable for you. She's all about understanding that life is short and you should certainly not be suffering through a restrictive plan or overtraining. So throughout our conversation today, Ash is going to share with you five challenges that women often face when they are embarking on a journey of wanting to change their body shape. So let's get stuck into what it is that Ash has to say. Ash, thank you so much for agreeing to come on the podcast for a second time. It's nice to have you back. Thank you so much for having me again. I'm very excited about another chat with you. (laughs) Anytime. Now, we're going to chat today about the five challenges that a lot of women face when it comes to reaching their fitness goals. And 
with this sort of topic, there's no one else that I would rather unpack this with because I love your approach to fitness and health. And you know that I love it because I'll often send you voice messages <laughs> and I'll vent and I'll do all sorts of things to you. But I'm really excited to unpack this because I think, you know, so many women want to make changes in their health and fitness, but they come up against these challenges and it can be hard when you're in it to actually identify what's going on. Like that old saying, sometimes you can't see the forest for the trees. So I'm excited to unpack these. Shall we get straight into the first one? Yeah, absolutely. Um, when we were discussing having this conversation, I it, it's funny, like I, I felt like I could write more than five, but <laughs> I think at the moment the ones that I have kind of come up 50 with. 50 challenges might yeah. be a bit overwhelming. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like people will be, at least be able to relate to one. Um, but, yeah, I think. And this is only, it's super relevant for me right now. Um, I'm in the middle of running like a five-day educational seminar for women that are looking for sustainable fat loss. And we're currently on day four. And it's awesome to be in a group of, you know, I was saying before, there's five and a half thousand women in there and I can hear, I can see their challenges. And I find that what I've actually, you know, been rumbling around in my head are actually they're really really relevant and one of the top ones that I've noticed this week and it's probably the one that people understand the least um, is understanding energy balance and how our bodies actually work you know so many people are fixated on their, their thing is look I've tried every fad diet on the planet and you know I'm I'm currently doing keto at the moment or um I'm doing an eight-week challenge and I'm doing you know double double cardio classes every single day and when I sat there on Monday and I explained to them how simple energy balance works and you know to be able to lose weight uh all, all it really takes is essentially being in a calorie deficit whilst that's not the the only thing um, it certainly plays like it's the biggest player, um, but people just simply don't understand that. I think it just sounds too simple to be true for a lot of people. Um, I don't know if you, I don't know mm. if you see that too much. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, when you say understanding energy balance, you're not speaking about energy as in an energetic force that needs, no. <laughs> you know, some zen. You're no. saying, you're you're speaking about calories in versus calories out. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. Actually, funny you say that because um, quite a few people this week have asked me, Ash, what's a calorie deficit? And I was like, wow. That's it's awesome to hear questions like that because sometimes I do actually automatically presume people know what that means. But energy balance, simply put, is um, any every day, like just to to move and keep your body alive and exercising and all of that kind of stuff. Your body uses energy every single day, which is essentially calorie burned, and then everything that you eat and drink is also calories that you uh, intake. So on one end, it's kind of like a seesaw. On one end, you're expending energy. And on the other hand, you're consuming energy. Now, if you consume more energy, which, you know, if you consume more food and drink, um, then you actually burn or that you expend on a daily basis, you will gain weight. 
and if it's the other way, if you eat and drink less than your body burns on a daily basis, then you will lose weight. That That is legitimately how simple it is. Um, but it's just one of those topics that people just don't actually understand. So, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I can see how that can be a challenge for so many people. So when it comes to not understanding energy balance, is that where it's all down to just education? Yeah. Look, I mean, I think that's part of it. Um, I I think that sometimes we think that, that there's got to actually be more to it because you always, and I feel like this goes without saying for most things in life, but we always relate to the experiences that we've had in the past so sometimes you might be like yeah but I lost 10 kilos you know five years ago and I'm doing exactly the same thing now but it's not working um I think helping people understand why it may not be working and I guess how to kind of I I guess be a little bit more aware and when I say education a lot of my education surrounds just being super aware because at the end of the day you don't know what you don't know and if you don't know for example um your how how many calories you are actually consuming um or what your movement is like during the day you simply don't know and and as soon as you bring some awareness to it and I I use this week this five-day challenge to to get girls to to start tracking their intake, not by trying to stick to anything in particular, not by trying to stick to certain calories or protein or anything like that, but just simply as an awareness tool just to see how many calories they're assuming or are consuming, I should say. And some of these girls, they've, you know, they're right in the Facebook group and they're like, oh my gosh, is anyone else, you know, eating, just feel like they're eating all day? I don't know if it's because I do this every day or because now I'm tracking, I'm so much more aware of it. Um, that's one part uh, of it. And then just even things like how, how much movement do you, you actually get on a daily basis? Sometimes tracking your steps can be super helpful. Um, a lot of people will rely on fitness trackers to uh, calculate their calories burned, which is not an accurate way uh, of tracking your your calories burned every day. It's not a way that I personally like to like to do it. I do like the method more of if you are trying to work out how many calories that your body is burning every day is to the simplest way is honestly just to track your food for uh, two weeks and to um, to like two weeks straight, 14 days, because that has to incorporate the weekends where most people blow out. Um, but also another good way, if it's not triggering for some people, is to uh, weigh yourself daily to become really aware of your body weight fluctuations as well. Um, I find that the more that you, the more that you weigh yourself, and the more that you see your body fluctuate, like just for example, um, last week over one night. I weighed two kilos heavier the next day. And that's just simply because it was ovulation time. I had actually had a big big dinner the night before, but it's okay. It wasn't a freak out. So I guess the way that I, when I talk about education, I'm talking more about awareness, bringing awareness to what you didn't really maybe realize um, was happening. Mm, and you do take a really logical approach, which I love because it can be the sort of space that you can get quite emotional in. And I know that one of the one of the challenges you've included in this list is that sometimes people link their happiness 
to the aesthetics. And I imagine that would be a challenge for you working with women in this space. If they're linking their happiness and their joy to how they look, how are they going to be able to sort of reframe that lens and look at things more logically? Could stand on that challenge? Yeah, absolutely. Um, It is probably, I would say the, the, one of the uh, biggest challenges when I'm working with girls is trying to overcome that. For some people, they overcome it really, really easy. Um, for other people, it does take a really long time. And like I said before, it comes back to your past experiences. You know, it could be anything. It could be, you know, the the time that you potentially looked your best, you tie the most happiness to that, but you kind of don't even realize, like, it's just, it's crazy how our brains work. Now, one way that I really like to overcome it is I track a lot of biofeedback with my girls. So things like um, how they're feeling in their, in the sense of mood, how their sleep is, how they feel how they feel in in terms of their strength, their digestion, um, all of that kind of stuff so that we can clearly see in front of you on paper uh, how you have been feeling lately. Now, it's really easy for you to get up one morning and you've had a really crappy sleep. Someone has, you know, road raged you and then you come home and you stub your toe on the door as you open it and all of a sudden you're in the crappest mood ever and then you forget that for the last three weeks like this one moment has over overrided the last three weeks. yeah all, all of a sudden, sudden you're just bow yeah. you know <laughs> and it, I mean our brain's negative bias as well so we process negative information with more ease than we process positive information. So I imagine tracking and being really accurate and honest with how you're actually feeling is so powerful, such a great insight. It is. It honestly is. That's like, that's one way is like, okay, helping them see that. But the other side of the equation I I like to really focus on is, okay, cool. They might come to me and say, Ash, my goal is to lose 10 kilos by Christmas. And I'll say to them, okay, cool. Let's try and focus on another goal, particularly if um, they're relying on that 10 kilos to create happiness, like non-aesthetic goals, like, okay, what, else brings you joy in your day-to-day life is it having and you know some people just simply get enjoyment out of eating the same food that their family eats like it can honestly be as simple as that when you realize that hey for the last two years I've actually been eating a different meal to my family every night and that's creating like a feeling of segregation and like you're different and it's all subconscious thoughts um you know having having a meal with your family can be a goal for some people. I had a lady yesterday say to me, look, Ash, okay, um, obviously my goal is weight loss, but I really would like to deadlift my body weight. I'm like, awesome. Let's focus on deadlifting your body weight, you know, sticking to your, to your calorie budget. I don't, with these girls that work with me, yes, I do get them to track their calories, but, um, in a very, very flexible way so that they can have choice over what they eat and, you know, all that kind of fun stuff, but stick within this. Let's start aiming to, to increase your deadlift weight every week. So eventually you will get to deadlift your body weight. Let's start getting feeling really, really good about that, focusing on that. And the byproduct of that is always the physique that you you end up wanting. But it makes the time 
go, I guess, a little bit quicker, but you're actually enjoying the day-to-day process. Most people will go in with a goal and hate every single day that passes until they reach their goal. They finally reach their goal and they're like, this is too hard. I can't, I just want to go back to how I used to Mm. live because I'm so unhappy but I've reached my 10 kilo weight loss goal. You know, like, I hope that makes sense. It makes complete sense. And I really like the example that you've given of the woman who wants to be able to deadlift her body weight. And I think another thing that popped up for me just when you were speaking then, Ash, was it's also really important, like you said, not linking happiness to your aesthetics, but also just being mindful of, okay, what am I gaining? Not so much what am I losing? And I know for me, when I think of fitness, fitness for me, like exercising is one of my mental health tools and it gives me so much clarity and peace of mind and improves my happiness and my mood for that day. But exercising can also gives me the ability to literally keep up with my twin boys to be able to be the mum that can climb on the playground and mess around with them and chase them and you know, run on the beach and dive under the waves and all of that stuff. So not just going, okay, what are your fitness goals, but what are some lifestyle lifestyle goals, I guess, or things that you can measure your happiness by which don't depend upon the size of your jeans? Totally. I couldn't agree more. And I love what you just said, what have you got to gain rather than what have you got to lose? Because I think um, for the most part, and just by reading lots of people's comments, is that's why people are scared about taking a step forward is because subconsciously they do know that, you know, for the last God knows how long or however many years it's been that whenever they've embarked on a health and fitness journey, it has actually been a horrible day-to-day journey and they've always failed as a result and it's not because they've done anything wrong you know most people think to be able to achieve something like that that yeah you do have to go through pain you 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 know like I have been told by coaches in the past that just try harder you're not trying hard enough you don't want this enough be more disciplined I don't think it means that a lot of the time actually some people will say to me Ash how are you so disciplined how are you so motivated I don't think that I'm more motivated or more disciplined than anybody else I think that I've picked a journey that I can truly appreciate and love every single day I'm not killing myself in the process and therefore I reach my goal because it's enjoyable Mm, sustainability yeah absolutely I love that And that kind of leads us into another one of the challenges that you mentioned, which is the all or nothing approach. Yeah, yeah, it happens so much. I think this black and white um, way of thinking, it's it's something that I think more people than I even thought I realised suffer with with it. I have friends of mine that, that are like this. Actually, there's a friend of ours that we call Twisties because <laughs> there was a there was a meme going around and it was like a door and it had a twisty through the lock and it was like when my friends say um, we're going out for a drink tonight and then oh, I can't remember what it was. Yeah. You seen it? And you can yeah. push a door open because a twisty will break, obviously. Um, yeah. I do have a friend like that and he's very much all or nothing. Um, I'm surrounded by it, to be, to be honest, all the time. But I think it's really important to realise that you don't have to be all or nothing. Um, if you – it's natural. Sometimes it is natural to be all 
all in. And that the reason most of the time is because we get a flood of motivation. It could be a friend or it could be you caught a glimpse of yourself uh, in the mirror and you actually hate what you see. So you get this, you know, overpowering feeling of motivation and then you just go hard out of the gates. And instead of just going slow and picking something that you can truly maintain at the worst of times when life hits you, when you're super stressed, you know, um, your child hasn't slept all night and then your boss has a go, like, you know, those really stressful times, you need to pick a way that you can go, okay, can I do this 52 weeks of the year? If you're going for that all uh, all in mindset and and you're going, okay, cool, I'm going to start doing double classes five days a week and I'm going to start eating keto and you love donuts and you really don't like training, it's not going to last very long. You might hold on for a few weeks, you know, maybe. You might white knuckle. Maybe. But I just think that it always happens. You'll get to a point where you're like, I just want to – be able to enjoy life again so then yeah you go back to being you know enjoying your life and you just never find that balance I my suggestion there that is a big challenge my suggestion is if you don't normally train or you're normally known for all or nothing is why not start with okay I'm going to commit to two or three sessions a week or I'm going to commit to one half an hour walk every day you know I'm going to start um, adding more veggies into my main meals rather than I'm going to cut out sugar. Like start small. You don't have to go and start, you know, particularly if you're somebody that's not very interested so, you know, that much. Yeah, in start, start where you are. Don't expect to wake up on top of the mountain. Right. I totally agree. And I think that that's enough for you to go, okay, wow, this is actually – quite enjoyable I think I can do this and then if you if you nail that you get super consistent at that and you make yourself proud because you finally achieved something you've been consistent then cool maybe add on something else then yeah build upon it I love that now the next one that I wanted to speak with you about is you shared one of the challenges as people sometimes use manual training to create a deficit yeah um, I actually I'm spoke assuming about assuming you don't mean manual arts. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> I mean like um, so before back before when I was talking about if you uh, eat less calories, then your body burns, you'll lose weight. Now, a lot of people will just go, and, and I mean a lot of listeners will probably be able to relate to this. Oh, I had a big night last night, so I'm going to go and go for a five-kilometre run today. So they're essentially trying to manually exercise to burn off calories, okay? Um, it's a really, really ineffective way. You're not only are you creating like a super negative association with with food and with exercise. So, you know, oh, I was bad. So now I'm going to punish myself with exercising because I was bad. Like that's a negative association. Um, the other part of it is we don't accurately know how many calories you burn from going for a run. So it's a really inaccurate way. And I think there's, you might get to a point where there's only so much more exercise you can do. And it's more efficient to, you know, instead of going for an hour run, eat a muesli bar less a day, if that's the way that you're looking at it, you know. 
Um, mm. Yeah, a lot of people will attack it from a manual perspective and it's um, it's not super ideal. It's not the most efficient way if fat loss is your goal. It's really helpful. And the last challenge that you mentioned people are facing is focusing on the little rocks instead of the big rocks. And as soon as I read that, I was like, oh, I love that visual because I'm sure so many people have seen the visual representation of a jar. If you put the little rocks in first, there's no room for the big ones. But if you put the big ones in first, then the little pebbles will slot themselves in that jar around those big ones. Can you extend a little bit on what it is that you would classify as little pebbles and what it is that you would classify as big rocks? Totally. Um, this is and I said rocks, rocks. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, <laughs> uh, how funny! I hope everyone gets the laugh out of us. <laughs> um, okay, so the most common thing is people saying, "Okay, Ash, what should I eat? Like, what specific foods are going to help me lose weight? And my answer to that is, okay, so the specific foods, if we think about this in terms of big rocks and little rocks, the specific food is going to be more like a little rock, okay? If your goal is predominantly fat loss and you're like, that is the top goal, then you should be focusing on a calorie deficit. Now, i don't condone going and eating McDonald's every day, guys, but I just want to give you an example. If you were to eat less calories than you burn, but fill those calories up with McDonald's every day, you will lose weight. So the way to lose weight is not to ask me what specific foods you can eat. It's more about, okay, focus on being in a calorie deficit first and foremost. So that's probably one. Um, The other one is, okay, cool, what fat burners do I need to go and buy? You don't need to go and buy fat burners. They are essentially a waste of money. If you want to, they they do give you a bit of a energy boost if you're going to the gym because of the caffeine content. It would be much more cost effective to go and have a black coffee. To be honest, it's not just while we're there, Ash. Yeah, just while we're there, for people who are like, what the f- is a fat burner? Because I know like when you say fat burner straight away, I'm like, oh, yeah, I can picture, um, you know, your capsules or your powders and whatnot. But can yep. you just extend on what a fat burner actually is for people who are listening who are like, oh, is that some sort of gym equipment or? <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. It is, you can get them in uh, capsule, yes, you can get capsule fat burners but or, or powder form and you you mix it usually it's like highly marketable stuff for, for gym goers, but it's like a little tub of powder that usually you mix in with water and you have it before you go to the gym. And it's supposed to magically make you highly energetic before you go to the gym. That's one part, but it's sold as, okay, if you take this, you're going to burn more fat, which is not the case. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's essentially what it is. If, if you're not um, aware, but, that is another one, you know, rather than focusing on a pebble or or potentially a grain of sand, if you are looking to lose fat, it's a calorie deficit. It's not taking a fat burner. You can eat more calories than your body burns and take a fat burner and you're not going to lose any weight. So yes, if it was that easy, if you could just take a tablet or a powder to burn fat, then we wouldn't have any issues with obesity. Exactly. Exactly. Um, another lady actually said to me, I 
she emailed me, there was a lady that emailed me two days ago and she said that her trainer at the gym told her if she wanted to lose fat she needed to uh, eat a low fat diet um, which I was actually a little bit disappointed to hear. It was something that came out in the 70s and 80s. It was like, you know how at the moment, like the latest thing is low carb. If you eat low carb, you'll magically lose weight. Um, I, I, I said to her, I said, low fat was something that came out in the 70s and 80s. And that's when all the start of the, the low fat. Uh, the low fat products hit the shelves all of you know your low fat yogurt and all this kind of stuff but our obesity rate the population of obesity was continuing to climb so what we what studies have shown over the years is it's not low fat that actually makes you I guess not gain fat it's not only the calorie deficit, but for women in particular, low fat can actually lead to low testosterone, which is also not ideal for women. It's not ideal for muscle growth. It is also not a really good strategy for uh, a weight loss management approach or even a weight regain uh, management approach. Low, uh, low fat is not fantastic for women's sex hormones. So it's not a healthy a healthy option. Um, it would have been better saying to her, you know, just make sure you're eating in a calorie deficit, you know. So what so, are some of the big rocks then that people should be filling their jar with? So my my big three are um, making sure that you're eating the right amount for your goals, whether that be uh, if you want to gain weight, because yes, some people do. There are some women that do want to gain weight. You'll be eating in a calorie surplus. So if you want to lose weight, calorie deficit or maintain weight, you'll be eating exactly kind of what you're burning within reason. So that's number one. That's a big rock. Number two is instead of going for, um, you know, a 5k run every day, which is the first place that people turn when they want to lose fat, turn to resistance training. Resistance training uh, helps you build more muscle, which in turn will help you with your fat loss journey. I said to the girls last night, I said, we have to get out of this mindset of cardio burns fat. Whilst it does burn calories, it's not an awesome long-term approach. Um, the same kind of training that burns, uh, sorry, the same kind of training that builds muscle also burns fat as well so I feel like that really puts it into perspective for some people because most people don't think that how could strength training actually help me in turn lose fat um mm. that is that and would be my number two sorry, I was just going to say them no no sorry to interrupt I was just going to say for people listening as well when you are resistance training and you're building lean muscle mass you're then your body the more muscle that you have burns more calories even at rest right exactly a hundred percent super important oh it is and not only that like some people will argue well it doesn't actually burn that many more calories because you know it's a lot it's actually a lot harder to build muscle than most people think you know i think we're almost at the point where most women don't truly believe that lifting weights is going to make them bulky some people still do believe that um but it doesn't it is actually quite challenging to build a lot of muscle very quickly um but that's one part is the muscle actually will help your body burn more calories at rest but the other part of that is um 
without getting super scientific with you guys, but when you are actually strength training, you are sending a signal to your body and that signal actually tells your body's metabolism or your total daily energy expenditure, so the calories that you burn every day, to to speed up, so your metabolism to speed up. So not only is the process of actually training and sending your body a signal, that's one thing, but the other thing is also building the muscle as well. So it's it's a win-win. You'll yes, you 100% burn more calories if you are strength training at rest. Brilliant. Um, brilliant. <laughs> and the the third thing that I say is making sure that we're eating enough protein. Um, this is something that is super common for women to to just simply not eat enough protein. It's just it's a challenge for most people. I mean, I don't, I personally don't find it challenging. I do like my protein. Um, one suggestion I do have is if you start discovering or start looking into, okay, how much protein am I actually consuming? And you do find that it's quite low rather than just stacking protein throughout the day, because it can cause issues with your digestion straight away, particularly if your body is not quite used to it, start slow and just start increasing it slowly. And then over time, uh, you can, you can build up uh, your protein just to give you guys a rough idea, because I know someone will go, well, how, how much protein should I be eating? Generally speaking, if you're a relatively lean individual, somewhere between 1.6 grams to 2.2 grams per kilogram of body weight is a good place to look to aim. Um, If you are considered to be overweight or potentially obese, then you can calculate that off what you consider to be your ideal body weight just to give you, otherwise you might end up, you know, that calculation might end up at 220 grams of protein or or something like that, Mm. um, which is probably a bit high. For most people, um, they would be my three big rocks. I think resistance training—you don't have to do it five, six days a week. Personally, I train full body three days a week, and I prefer to go for a walk on the in-between days. I find it really beneficial for my mental health, um, but also my energy too, and it's what I enjoy. So I stick to it, um, and I can do that fifty-two weeks of the year. So they're they're the three big rocks. I'm like, nail that first. And then if you want to then start talking about, should I eat normal sweet potato or white potato or all that kind of stuff? (laughs) People tend to want to overcomplicate. Yes. Really? Yes. I had this chat with a a friend of mine just the other day, Ash, because we were both sort of sharing we'd had similar issues with digestion and whatnot, and we were both having a cup of decaf coffee. And we were saying, you know, isn't it funny? Like you can start to obsess over certain things and like I cut coffee out completely, but I was like, I really actually miss the ritual of buying a coffee and having a coffee with a friend. So bringing it back in and having my decaf coffee and my girlfriend is saying the same thing. She's like, yes, I probably, you know, according to my naturopath should cut this out completely, but it brings me so much joy. And it's like, you've just got to be so cognizant of what brings you joy because making massive changes and taking out everything that brings you happiness is going to leave you miserable. But just making the little incremental shifts and the steps in the right direction that, like you said, you can build upon, that's the sort of stuff that's going to create those sustainable, lasting behaviours that you've spoken so much about throughout this chat. Totally. I just, I think 
Guys, life is far too short to be overcomplicating things and to live day-to-day life miserable and feeling segregated and feeling alone. Like if you can actually do things like, I love how you said your morning ritual coffee. That is like my favorite part of the day. I say it all the time. I go and get my extra large cup of joy, you know, every single morning. In fact, this morning, (laughs) this morning I actually got two. I ordered two. And what I do is sometimes I will heat one up later in the day. And Sometimes that brings me joy. Guys, I don't do that every day. But, <laughs> sometimes know, it just, brings you joy and sometimes it makes you a nervous mess. <laughs> exactly. Sometimes it's like anxiety central. But, you know, like I'm just like that's just something that truly brings me happiness. I actually went through a stage um, two years ago, I think, and I was like, you know what, I'm not going to buy coffee out because I feel like the money could be spent better elsewhere. You know, $5 a day, it adds up. But when I cut it out, I was like, this is not worth it. It makes me sad. I'm okay spending $5 to bring me happiness, you know? So, Absolutely. Yeah. When when you frame it like it's an investment in making your day, you know, a certain percentage more enjoyable, that is what I'm all about because if we improve our days, we end up improving our whole life. A hundred percent. I love that. Now, speaking of coffee, before yeah. you run away, do you have yeah. a couple of minutes for me to shoot off some rapid fire questions? Absolutely. Let's Absolutely. do it. So the first is, what is your standard coffee order? Almond milk latte, 16 ounce, the large one. <laughs> now, now I'm all about the size when it comes to takeaway coffees. I love Starbucks venti. Like, is that the size we're talking? I actually is I actually don't know I've I can't ever say that I have been to a Starbucks in the last maybe 12 months is the oh, is ouch. the venti like a large like, venti is, is like, like the large? one the venti is the one that you need to use two hands to carry oh. out stuff <laughs> <laughs> Kelly and I call it our bucket we'll be like I need a bucket of tea which is the venti it's so funny I'm getting yes. super specific <laughs> I think that I think that it would be equivalent to to that yes but it must be when I say almond milk latte it must be the milk lab brand I do not like Ooh. any other almond milk brand okay do you, you do you make your coffees at home ever and do you buy mm. the milk lab milk there I have tried it but I just don't like it. So I love Merlot coffee. So um, Merlot's right next door to my son's school. So when I do school drop-off, I make sure I drop him off and then my husband will pick him up so I can get a coffee from Merlot and then come home. It's just Mm -hmm. the perfect start to my day. I love that. Now, what would you say is your worst bit? My worst what, sorry? Your worst habit. Oh, my worst habit okay Uh, and I I'm only say this because it's right in front of me but my worst habit would be the washing I hate putting the washing away and I'm sitting in front of a pile of washing guys I'm just that bad (laughs) mum I am with you you Ash I enjoy putting the washing on and I enjoy the hanging up process I don't yeah. mind the bringing in process, but I freaking hate the folding. Yes. Like I can, can let, I can let that laundry, that clean washing sit there for well <laughs> over a week and just look at it and I'll just take clothes from it. Like my system oh. is I've washed it, like boys, your uniforms, they're in that pile. 
Yeah. Dig. Oh, <laughs> you are, you're my soul sister. I'm exactly the same. We could I'm just exactly live together in a house yeah. full of clean laundry. <laughs> <laughs> I call it Mount Washmore. I'm like, yes. if you want your clothes, go to the walk-in laundry, um, mm. the walk-in wardrobe in the laundry. Yeah. yeah, I love that. Now, what would you say is your best habit? Ah, uh, good question. I would say recently I have discovered that I am a very much can-do attitude person and I I think that it is probably a very good trait but also habit of mine so if I need to get something done unless it's a laundry um, <laughs> I will I will be able to go and do it with a smile on my face whether it's something that you know I find challenging or what whatever um yeah that's definitely like I'm always oh Ash you should do this okay cool I'll give it a go like I take yeah, tackle always, things head on yeah that would have to be my best trait and habit that I've got because it's something I do daily that as well and what do you keep on your nightstand what's next to your bed on your bedside table um a little plant and my Garmin watch that is it there you go nice (laughs) now no I think that I always just find it so interesting people keep by their bed like you know what's important to you that you need that you want that close to you when you sleep like for me I have like a I have a big crystal I have my angel cards I always have the book that I'm reading but I just think it's so interesting what people keep close to them that is funny yeah yeah speaking of interesting if you were to take a long haul flight which none of us are doing at the minute thanks COVID but if you were who would you want to sit next to if you could choose anyone dead or alive in the whole world who would you want to be sat next to for a long period of time you know what this is going to sound really corny you're gonna say your husband yeah because honestly like Brad makes me laugh so much and that is that is one thing for people that don't know me like my most joyful moments in my life I love to laugh like that is just I love comedy movies if I'm just around people that are just joking and banter Brad is that person constantly like I live with him and work together 24 7 and I just am constantly in hysterics I would 100% sit next to him on a plane because it would just be fun you know you just can't guarantee it like if I was like oh, this famous person, um, I just, I'm not very good with movie stars. So I, you know, at the moment can't think of anyone at the top of my head. But say there was like a movie star that was super interesting, you're just not guaranteed that that's actually going to be a fun long-haul flight, you know? Yes, that's true. You want to laugh. And I watch your Instagram stories and I sent you a message the other day because you shared a story <laughs> of Brad smushing. It's not like the worst word, smushing. It's the only word that I can use. Like, I was going to say face palming, but it's not face palming. He's like planting his hand in your breakfast, like smushing all of your food. I was like, no. (laughs) That was actually a moment of like, these are my favourite pancakes and this is funny for anyone that's watching and I'm kind of laughing, but I'm kind of dying inside at the same time. But, yeah, that is probably um, any time Brad puts an Insta story on and I share it, I like the comments, like I just can't keep up. People just, it, like, and I live with that 24-7. Um, 
I wouldn't have it any other way. But I know it sounds super corny and some people are just going to be rolling their eyes being like, really, your husband? Oh, Surely yeah, you could come Ash, up with something better. Ash, I think that's beautiful. I think it's beautiful and laughter is so important. And yeah. I think that that whole being silly, it's so important. That's something that like I have really lent into recently is being like I really think that that I don't, I'm trying to be diplomatic with my wording here, but some people are serious 24-7. Yeah. And having a silly side brings yeah. so much lightness into your relationship. So I can understand why you would choose to be sat next to your hubby. <laughs> now, do you have a favourite book that you would recommend for our listeners? Yes, 100%. I'm like, I am very much a uh, personal development nerd. So if you're looking for like a, a story, wrong person. Um, but I love, 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 love Hal Elrod's um, The Miracle Equation. Miracle Morning. Ooh, Miracle okay. Morning is fantastic. That was That would be my second pick. But The Miracle Equation is better. It okay. is so fantastic, particularly if you are somebody that uh, subconsciously or even consciously will not truly believe in something that you're doing. So say you have a dream um, and that might be to, you know, own a Lamborghini next year, but subconsciously you're kind of like a little bit unsure about how you're going to go about it or, you know, like I'm just using that as an example. It could be to go on a holiday, like anything. Um, truly learning how to believe in yourself and what you need, what kind of action you need to take to then be able to truly to the core believe in yourself. And if it doesn't happen, learning how to be okay with that instead of being disappointed, learning to accept those feelings. Oh, it was truly, it was very life-changing for me. Was well, for good. you to say it's life-changing, I'm going to get that book. <laughs> I've, read, I've, I've not I've not read The Miracle Morning in its entirety. I was loaned it and I flipped through it and, yep, yep, love it. It's a great principle. Um, and I know that Lorraine Murphy's a huge fan of The Miracle Morning, but The Miracle Equation I'd not heard of. So that's yeah. one I'm going to check out. Thank you so much for sharing. No and worries. Last but not least, what is your favourite quote or some words that you live by? This, I know, probably because I've been put on the spot, I'm going to balls it up. It's on my wall in my office. Um, now I'm just actually going you to can run to it your so office. I don't, so I don't stuff it up. <laughs> it is, things don't happen to you, they happen for you. So this was something that um, I was would have been two years ago, almost to the day, uh, something significant happened in my life um, where it just like with my career, things started to shift. And at the time, the day that it happened, I was extremely disappointed, but it was the best thing that ever happened to me and is why I am, I guess, where I am today. So, yes, that's it. <laughs> There's a lot of power in that. Things don't happen to you. They happen for you. There's yeah. a lot of surrender in trusting the process. Totally agree. I could not agree more. Well, thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy day. And I know it is a very busy time for you with your five-day fat loss challenge happening. So I'm very, very grateful for this time to speak with you. Where can our listeners find you? How can they connect with you, Ash? 
Absolutely. So my online home where I hang out the most is Instagram and my Instagram handle, it don't balls it up guys because <laughs> there's two underscores in there. It's Ash underscore underscore Wayne, L-A-M-E. Um, that's where I hang out the most. So come and say hello. I will always reply. Um, I might take a little bit longer, but I do always reply. And you've always got such thought-provoking content when it comes to uh, fitness and wellness and calories and all of that stuff. So thank you for the work that you're doing. And I will make sure that we have all of your details in the show notes, including the double underscore. I'll make sure we get that right, Ash. But okay. thank you again. No worries. Thank you for having me. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.